Hello and welcome back to Simple Social Sciences. Today we have another simple psychology session and it is on the last of the approaches, which is the humanistic approach. By the end of this session, you should be able to do the following. Explain Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Outline the characteristics of self-actualizers and explain how to become self-actualized. Explain Roger's concept of the self, including terms such as actual and ideal self, and describe how this influences self-esteem. You should be able to describe how humanistic psychology has influenced counselling psychology, and as always, explain the strengths and limitations of the approach. Okay, let's get straight into the humanistic approach assumptions. So humanistic psychology differs from most other approaches in psychology by focusing on conscious experience rather than on behaviour, on personal responsibility and free will rather than determinism. This approach focuses on the discussion of experience rather than the use of the experimental method, which you could tell from most of the previous approaches was an important factor. It was first developed by Rogers and Maslow in the 1950s and it focused on topics that are meaningful to human beings. The humanistic approach emphasises the importance of the individual's driving towards personal growth and believes people are essentially self-determining and therefore have free will. This is not to say that we are free to do anything at all, because we are subject to many other forces, including biological and societal influences. However, humanistic psychologists believe that human beings are able to make significant personal choices within the constraints imposed by these other forces. They believe that because everyone is unique, psychology should be concerned with subjective experiences rather than general laws. This principle has led to the approach being called a person-centred approach. So Maslow is interested in what motivates people. In order to reach our primary goal of self-actualization, a number of other deficiency needs must be met. The most basic physiological needs are followed by safety and security, which is followed by love and belongingness, and then self-esteem. Each level must be fulfilled before a person can move up to a higher need. Self-actualization, which is our primary goal, is the highest level of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. It is the idea to grow psychologically and fulfill one's full potential, becoming what you are capable of. Maslow found that most of those who attain the level of self-actualization shared certain characteristics. They tended to be creative, accepting of other people, and had an accurate perception of the world around them. Maslow believed that such individuals experience self-actualization in the form of peak experiences. These are moments of extreme inspiration and ecstasy during which they felt they were able to leave behind all their doubts and fears. Rogers was another important humanistic psychologist. He claimed that people have two basic needs, positive regard from other people and feelings of self-worth. Feelings of self-worth develop in childhood and are formed as a result of the child's interaction with their parents. Further interactions with significant others also influence the person's feelings of self-worth. Rogers believes the closer our self-concept is to our ideal self, the greater our feelings of self-worth and the greater our psychological health. So our self-concept is basically how we view ourselves right now and our ideal self is the person we believe we should be or who we'd like to be. When there is similarity between a person's ideal self and self-concept, a state of congruence exists. However, if there is a difference between the self and ideal self, the person experiences a state of incongruence. The development of congruence depends on unconditional positive regard. This is when love and acceptance is given unconditionally. Rogers states, 
acts that in order for a person to self-actualize, they must be in a state of congruence. If a person is only accepted or given love for who they are when they do what others want them to do, this is known as conditional positive regard. When people experience conditional positive regard, they develop what is known as conditions of worth. These are the conditions they perceive significant others put upon them and which they believe they have to be in place for them to be accepted. An individual may experience a sense of self-acceptance only if they meet the expectations others have set as conditions. Therefore, unconditional positive regard and congruence between the ideal self and self-concept is essential for self-actualization and lack of this can lead to lowered psychological health. Rogers claimed that an individual's psychological problems were a direct result of their conditions of worth and the conditional positive regard they received from other people. He believed with counselling people would be able to solve their own problems in a constructive way and move towards becoming a more fully functioning person. So Rogers' client-centred therapy is an important form of modern-day psychotherapy. Rogers viewed individuals as the expert of their own conditions. Therefore, therapy is non-directive and the client is encouraged towards the discovery of their own solutions within a therapeutic atmosphere that is warm and non-judgmental. For Rogers, an effective therapist provides three things, genuineness, empathy and unconditional positive regard. They should express their acceptance and understanding regardless of the feelings and attitudes the client expresses. The aim of the therapy is to increase the person's feelings of worth, reduce the level of incongruence between the self-concept and the ideal self, and help the person become a fully functioning person. A strength of the humanistic approach is a support in research. Harter et al. found that teenagers who pretended to be the kind of person their parents would love, so they created a false self, were more likely to develop depression. This supports the humanistic approach as the ideal self and the self-concept of the adolescence were incongruent, which led to lower psychological health. Therefore, this increases the validity of the humanistic approach to explain behaviour. However, a problem with research, like Harter et al's, is that this research does not establish causality. Although there are correlations between the humanistic concepts, correlation does not imply causation. Due to a lack of experimental evidence, this reduces the validity of the approach. Despite this limitation, a strength of the approach is that it takes a holistic approach to explain behaviour. This is the idea that subjective experiences are better understood by considering the whole person. The approach may have more validity then compared to other approaches such as biological and behaviourist approaches that are more reductionist. This is a strength as it considers meaningful human behaviour within its real-life context. On the other hand, the problem with the approach is that many ideas such as individual freedom and striving for personal growth may only apply to individualist cultures such as the US and the UK in the West. A study in China, which is a collectivist culture, found that belongingless needs were seen as more fundamental than physiological needs and that self-actualization was defined more in terms of contributions to the community rather than individual development. This cultural bias means that the approach may only apply to Western individualistic cultures and therefore offers a limited explanation of human behaviour. Okay, that is it now, so you should all be able to explain the humanistic approach by referring to all the key concepts from Maslow and Roger, as well as explaining the strengths and limitations. 
So as always, if you found it useful, please give the video a like. If you are listening on any podcast, don't forget to follow so you don't miss out on future posts. And that concludes the approaches unit. We went through all of them from the beginning of Wundt and the origins of psychology through to behaviorist, social learning theory, cognitive, biological, psychodynamic, which was crazy, and the humanistic approach. Hope you enjoyed and stay tuned for the next series in Simple Psychology.